Welcome to the Random City Podcast. Chester Copperpot, he was a pro. He never made it this far. A competitor. He was very, very good. I do have a very particular set of skills. Nunchuck skills, bow hunting skills, computer hacking skills. A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. I'm rude. You will be. Telling me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? Back off, man. I'm a scientist. You were my brother, Anakin. He's gonna be the third scariest thing on that train. These guys come from legend, they're basically gods. There's only one god, man, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. Hello, welcome back to the Random City Podcast. This is Jimmy and Georgia, your host, back again here for June the 8th. And today, ladies and gentlemen, apparently has become Ghostbuster Day. Two weeks ago, we talked about how it was the official Star Wars Day, the day that New Hope, Star Wars, whatever you want to call the original movie, Episode 4, was released back in 1977. Uh, today, June the 8th, is the 33rd anniversary of Ghostbusters being released. And this week, really for the first time, I've really noticed people saying it's going to be Ghostbusters Day today. So I thought that was an interesting uh, development. I mentioned it once earlier as we've returned to podcasting here, how much I really enjoyed Ghostbusters 2016, Answer the Call. It does have a subtitle, but I usually ignore that part. But anyway, <laughs> I really enjoyed that movie. It literally is my favorite movie of last year. Um, there's some other movies I like quite a bit from last year. Probably Rogue One, for different reasons, is number two. And then probably number three right now is Suicide Squad that we talked about last week. I did an episode last year about Ghostbusters prior to the release of that new movie. And talked about how much I liked the first and second movie, the video game, the comic books, toys, all those things, Ghostbuster related. And I never really broke down or really even shared any thoughts about the new Ghostbusters movie. And I guess here for a few moments I will. Our main topic for today really is going to be the Mummy series from the late 90s, early 2000s. With the release of the new version of the Mummy coming out again tonight and tomorrow. But last year in June, I released an episode around this time. I'm not sure the exact date. You can go back and look in the archives. You can check it out if you'd like to. And at that point, I had read the junior novelization for the new Ghostbusters film because I was very trepidatious looking to this film. I, it was one of those ones, to me at this point, there's very few that I would look at this way that I don't want remade. I don't want a sequel or reboot or anything else. And that another, the only other one really that's left that I can think of off the top of my head is Back to the Future. Because so many other things have been redone. There there are some I would like to see continuations and sequels to. I really want to see a Goonies 2. Where it's like Goonies the next generation. Pretty soon it's going to be Goonies the third generation. <laughs> At this point it almost have to be. Yeah, basically the only one I can think of really that I would never want changed, I think, is Back to the Future. I guess at some point that might happen. Uh, I think it wouldn't be until after Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis have no influence anymore. Ghostbusters last year, I was very doubtful that it would be good. Like many people, I questioned the reason of even why do this the way they were doing it. I still think it would have been way more successful had they chosen to have this be a sequel rather than a reboot. If there was, they had most of the original cast minus Rick Moranis in the movie, and had it been more of a passing the torch, or this was a Ghostbuster franchise and the big dogs came in for some advice on a telephone call or a Skype message, I probably would have felt better about this going into it, and I think other people would have as well. But what we got was great. It was hilarious, quite honestly. 
It's one of the funniest movies I've seen. The only movie I can think of recently that I've seen that was probably equally as funny, if not more funny, was Central Intelligence. I watched that with my free HBO trial last week with Amazon, and I thought that was hilarious. I laughed throughout that whole movie with The Rock and Kevin Hart. They were a great pairing, and after seeing that, I'm, I'm looking forward to Jumanji that they'll both be in. But anyway, going back to Ghostbusters, it was very funny. And seeing the movie in context after reading the story, I knew what the story was going to be. I knew I liked the story, and I really liked the characters. Patty was great. Kevin was great. Holtzman's, I think, most people's favorite. I think Patty's still my favorite. At one point, I remember tweeting out something to the effect of, Patty's my favorite Ghostbuster, just because she's funny, mostly. And I think I said this even before I saw the movie. This story was a great origin story for this team. It was a great origin story for Ghostbusting in general. It wasn't quite as uh, fast. Like, everything happened very quickly in the original Ghostbusters as far as the team, the technology, the Ghostbusting, all that stuff. This seemed more like a progression of they were scientists who studied this thing. They figured out technology as they went along because Holtzman was really smart and could do that. They found something as graffiti that would become their logo. They... You know, borrowed a car, they rented a place in a Chinese restaurant, etc., etc., etc. It seemed like there was more of a, a good reason behind what they were doing and how they were doing it. It wasn't just as like a quick, you know, here it is and just move on. I think there was some pretty good character development. I mean, I just, overall, I really liked the movie. I, I feel bad for the, the people who made it. Paul Feige, I always want to say that wrong. I think it's Paul Feige or Feige. He did a great job. He's one of my uh, favorite directors, I guess. Honestly, we come right down to it. He did quite a few episodes of The Office, which is pretty much my all-time favorite TV show that I've watched over and over and over. And the ladies did a fantastic job, even even though most of the internet, you know, was rebelling against the fact that they were women being Ghostbusters. I enjoyed all the cameos, the music. It was a it was fun. I'm I'm sad that it's up to this point, as far as we know, there won't be any sequel to this. I still think there's going to be more Ghostbuster movies, and maybe in a roundabout way we can tie these characters into it or something. I don't know, but I hope this isn't the end for them. I know there's a comic series out, which, you know, comics are pretty good. I like some of the comics that I have, but it's just not the same. It, it isn't. All right, well, anyway, I really enjoyed it. If you haven't seen Ghostbusters from last year, go check it out. It's worth it. Definitely is. One more thing I should bring up here at the top of the show. Wonder Woman, man, that was fantastic. My wife and I went to the 10 o'clock showing again on the Thursday night for that. Loved it. It was fantastic. I mean, it was definitely, definitely Captain America, First Avenger, plus a mythology, plus a lady lead, equals Wonder Woman. <laughs> there's a lot of similarities, especially near the end. No, no spoilers, but there's a lot of similarities between the two. And, and I'm not, I'm not bashing it because of that. I really love Captain America movies. And this was this was the best DC movie. Like I just talked about the three previous DC movies. I really like Suicide Squad. I was talking about that last week. I, I like the other two. I think I progressively like them more. I like Man of Steel. I like Batman v Superman more. I think, and then I like definitely like Suicide more than those two. And I definitely like Wonder Woman more than the, those other three. This might be my favorite DC movie this century. I really like Superman Returns. I had some problems with Superman Returns. I think I liked it better than that. The Nolan Batman movies were good. I think I like Batman Begins the best of those three. I'm trying to think of other DC movies. I guess there haven't been a whole lot. Yeah, easily this is the best DC movie of this century, I think. In my opinion. But yeah, I made over $100 million. I think it was $100.3 million or so. It wasn't quite as high as my expectation. I was thinking it would make more than Batman and, and Suicide Squad, but it didn't. 
but that's fine. It was it's been getting rave reviews, high scores on Rotten Tomatoes and other sites. So congratulations to Gil Godot and Patty Jenkins, I think is the name of the director. I keep I keep seeing people mention the director of the film. So congratulations, ladies. And Zack Snyder and all the other people who um, who helped make that. And again, I I didn't really bring this up last week. I talked about the DC stuff. It is really sad what went on with with Zack Snyder and his wife and their their child. And and I feel bad that fandom would use that as an opportunity to attack him at a moment of mourning for something that this is just a terrible terrible event in their life. This is just so sad. And I guess if you're not aware, Zack Snyder's daughter committed suicide and he stepped away from finishing up their production of the Justice League to just mourn and just not be in this rat race or whatnot. And people took that as an opportunity to attack him, which is just sad. Uh, people are so stupid when it comes to fandom anymore. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, okay, that's your opinion. But there's no reason to attack a man and a family when tragedy has struck them. Just sad. To just honor Wonder Woman, I'll throw in a little bit of the old uh, Wonder Woman theme song here as we go in to talk about the mummy, because that totally makes sense, right? Sure it does. All right, we'll be right back after this brief musical interlude to talk about the uh, Brendan Fraser-led The Mummy and its sequels and The Scorpion King. We'll be right back. In your satin tights, fighting for your rights, and the old red, white, and blue. So, the mummy movies. We're back to talk about those, and that Wonder Woman song made total sense, I'm sure. But anyway, we're here to talk about the really four of the mummy movies. Technically, there are more if you really want to get into the whole Scorpion King thing. I think they made three, four of those. I saw the first one. I think I saw the second one. I gave up after that. <laughs> but those did continue for a while. The first of this version of The Mummy came out in 1999 on May the 7th. Obviously, this is a universal monster. It had been around for, what, 60 years or something at this point, back in the original movies, and now close to 80 years, probably. And there was all sorts of mummy movies back in those days, and this was the rebirth of that particular universal monster. And May 7th, 1999, I remember this one. I was in college at the time, and several, quite a few of my friends, I'm not sure the exact number, maybe 10 of us went together to see this one, because this was something quite a few of us were pretty excited about. I'm honestly not sure, uh, apart from just seeing some other movie earlier that year and seeing some trailers or whatnot, I'm not sure what made this particular movie a touchstone for us. I remember one of my best friends at the time was a girl named Christy, and she was very excited about this. Her and her sister, one of her good friends, her boyfriend, uh, I'm not sure who else, but there's a bunch of us that went to see this. and we were It, it was fun. I had a great time. I, this is one of my favorite movies of that time period. I've seen it dozens of times. I've Watched it over and over and over again. I've seen the the second one a number, quite a number of times as well, but not anywhere near the first. And I don't know. I guess it's the the law of diminishing results or whatever it's called. The first movie was awesome. I thought for 1999. Granted, this is a few weeks before Phantom Menace. 
I'm not sure when the Matrix came out. It came out, I think, later that year. I think in August. So for the time, this had really good special effects, and they're kind of cheesy looking back on it now. But to me, the budget for the second movie was higher than this budget for this first movie, and I feel like the special effects were bad because they were trying to do too much. And I'll talk more about that Mummy Returns when we get there, but but I thought the special effects for this were great, just in general. The transformation of the mummy from kind of the corpse to the human thing, there were some interesting things there. Some of the stuff they did where the scarabs were underneath the skin, the sand that looked like the face trying to eat stuff. I mean, there's some neat stuff in there. Rick O'Connell, being the character that Brendan Fraser played, was your kind of Indiana Jones type. And I honestly feel like that was kind of the appeal to this movie to me, especially this first one. It, It felt in that vein. It felt like an adventure film with archaeology and some supernatural things. And so, to me, this is perfect. Like This is the type of movie I've always liked, being a fan of Indiana Jones since I was, what, four or five years old. And so, this is great. I have very high regard for the first movie and the entire sequence of events and tying into biblical plagues and the whole shebang. Just to talk some of the numbers, I didn't go to Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, these are older movies. I don't know if they even had Rotten Tomatoes when these were out. I don't know. I guess I could look that up, but whatever. I didn't, I didn't check that out for this one. I did look up the box office results. It had a $43.4 million opening weekend. Total domestic gross was around $155 million. Worldwide, $415 million. This is a big, big movie at the time. This movie is what put Brendan Fraser in a different category to me. I mean, he was George of the Jungle and Encino Man and stuff before this. I thought this made him more of a, a star, personally. And then uh, Rachel Weiss, I wasn't aware of beforehand, and I thought she did a great job. And there's some interesting other actors in there, too, not not to you know downplay them. This movie was nominated for an Oscar. It was nominated for Best Sound that year. So this was, you know, this was a big movie that year, for sure. And so you understand, I understand, how movie making works. They made money. So, hey, let's... Make some more. <laughs> and I don't think the story or the special effects were there for The Mummy Return. I'm not sure what else there is to say. They find a book. They open the book or unleash the mummy. They figure out how to stop the mummy. They stop the mummy. I mean, it's a fairly straightforward story. They're... I really like the, uh, the Magi in this movie who were trying to stop Emotep from rising from the grave. I thought that was an interesting addition to the story. And then... That actor went on to do some other cool things, too, but thumbs up to that part. I really enjoyed that part. Just overall, that first movie, I'm I'm good with it. Uh, I've, I think I mentioned this on Twitter or Instagram the other day. I picked up the Ultimate Mummy Collection Blu-ray, and it has the three mummy movies, you know, proper, along with the Scorpion King. And so, anyway, let's go on to the second movie, because this one's where it kind of skews off a little bit. And I think it was still successful, but it was not as well received at the same time, which happens quite a bit these days, it seems like to me. So the second movie came out a couple years later, May the 4th, 2001. May the 4th be with you, everyone. It was a good opening weekend, 68.1 million, which is still good by today's standards, if you ask me. Domestically, it made over 200 million. Worldwide, 433 million. So again, successful movie as far as the numbers go. But I remember at the time, even, the critics were, were down on it. I remember myself, there were things I didn't like about it. I, overall, I, I liked it, but not as much as the first, which happens a lot of times with sequels. 
and there were several elements that I was not a fan of. And a lot of those being because of the kind of bad CGI. It's still kind of, not early in CGI, but it wasn't as consistently good then, I feel like. Then it, most of the time in a major motion picture, the computer graphics are fairly good these days. Back then, it was just inconsistent. There's two things that stick out to me. The Rock was in this movie. This was one of his first... Actually, I think this was his first movie. Might have even been credited as The Rock. Because I don't even know if we knew who Dwayne Johnson was at that point as far as his actual name. As For me, I was a wrestling fan. I basically stopped at this point watching. Or at this point, maybe even a couple of years prior to this. But I still knew who The Rock was. And I thought it was cool he was in the movie. But when they turned him into the Scorpion King and he was half Scorpion, it looked awful. I mean, it just did. I mean, 2001... At that point, we'd had Jar Jar Binks being a completely CGI character for most of a movie, and he looked awesome. Battle droids in The Phantom Menace a couple years prior to this were totally CGI. They look awesome, and he looked terrible. And the other thing that looked really bad, and these are the two things that stick out to me, was the pygmy mummies. I don't know if that's exactly what they call them, but they were these little tiny diminutive weird mummy zombie things, and they looked bad. Apart from those two things, there wasn't anything else specifically that stood out to me as far as the CGI that made it bad. I didn't like some of the choices they made with the progression of time. I mean, it had been two years for us as the audience, and it had been, what, 10, 12 years or more for the the characters in the movie. They had their son. He was the the one who basically caused all these bad things to happen by being presumptuous and impetuous or whatever else you want to call a kid who gets into things he shouldn't get into. And so he was the one driving the story in that respect, with the little bracelet and whatnot. But yeah, overall, I still liked it. It was a little disappointing to me. Again, I think that's a common thing with sequels. It's very rare you get a Empire Strikes Back that's better than the first movie. And at least that's what most people would say as far as Star Wars goes. I think most people, as far as Indiana Jones go, would say that Temple of Doom's not as good as Raiders, and I think that would be fairly universal comment. It's still, I still like Temple of Doom, but it's, it's probably not as good. It was years before I realized that was a prequel. I really like Temple of Doom. For years now, I've always... It's probably a misquote slightly, but uh, one of my old roommates used to say it, so I, I would start saying the thing that he said. And so, again, it might not be exactly right, but he would always say, Kalima upchuk today. Kalima upchuk today. And, you know, rip people's hearts out as far as the movie goes. But anyway, I'm trying to think of some other sequels. But, you know, most sequels, people look down on the second in the series. A lot of times if there's a third one, a third one can kind of correct the course. <laughs> we were talking about Pirates two weeks ago. Man, that second and third movie were awful. But, I, again, personally, I've really enjoyed four and five. So they've turned a corner for me in those. The Matrix, again, I think I might have mentioned this when I've talked about Pirates. I love the first Matrix movie. The second Matrix movie, I was like, eh, whatever, like, you know, Dave Filoni, eh. but the th- third movie, I just like, no, this doesn't work. So it's very common for them trying to cash in on something and just not work out. I don't know. It still made more money and made a lot of money, but it didn't really quite work out in that second movie. Uh, and the only other thing that really comes to mind that was kind of weird about that one was the dirigible, which it's an airship, whatever. People have airships, no big deal. But I remember... That's probably something some people would have a problem with. Okay, we're going down here. We'd skip to The Scorpion King. Came out the following year, April of 2002. Definitely a big drop in box office receipts. But there was also a big drop in the budget. 
The Mummy Returns had a budget of $98 million. The budget for Scorpion King apparently is only $60 million. And you could tell, you could really tell, that the budget was low in that film. And that's one I haven't watched in a long time. And I, I do want to go back, since I bought the Blu-ray, it came in over the weekend. I haven't gone back and watched all the movies yet. I do want to watch all of these. Because I think I've only seen the last movie in this Brandon Fraser era once. I think I, I saw the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor when it came out on DVD like nine years ago. And I want to check that out again with fresh eyes and not being disappointed that Rachel Weisz isn't in it, for example. And just, you know, give it another chance. Like, again, I really love the first Mummy. I was a little disappointed with the second one. I still liked it. And the third one was, at the time, like I said, I've seen it once, and it's kind of forgettable to me at this point. I don't remember much about it. I remember more about the Scorpion King than I do about the third Mummy movie. Same thing, I remember more about the Scorpion King sequel with the MMA fighter. I think it was Randy Couture. Than I do about the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. So I definitely want to check that out again here in the coming days. But anyway, back to the Scorpion King. The Rock, this was, I'm pretty sure this was his first movie that he was like the main guy. He was the leading role. And now he's this huge box office star. He's been in these huge franchises. He's basically the biggest movie star in the world as far as box office money coming in every year with just the films he's a part of. You know, right now he he was in theaters and he may still be in some theaters with The Fate of the Furious, the eighth in the, the Fast and the Furious series. And that series has been much better since he joined it. The G.I. Joe sequel when he came in was better than the first G.I. Joe movie. He's had all sorts of other movies. He he came into the second Center of the Earth movie, you know, Brandon Fraser connection here. He he came into the, the second in that series, The Mysterious Island. And I think he's going to be in the third one, From the Earth to the Moon. So... That series got better, honestly, with him. I mean, he's been in all sorts of stuff these last several years. He's a huge movie star. Uh, right now he has Baywatch out, which I'm pretty sure kind of flopped. But I kind of thought it would, because Baywatch. I mean, who cares about Baywatch? But anyway, it's interesting, though, just to see the genesis of the movie star go from The Mummy Returns to The Scorpion King to, to who he is now. I mean, he's bona fide Hollywood royalty, basically, at this point. It's really cool. One thing, too, like just on The Rock for just for a minute, the, I mean, Dwayne Johnson, whatever. He's a special talent. He, he's very likable. He's very genuine. He, he, he seems genuine anyway. He's funny. Like He's a very good combination of lots of different things that most people don't have. You know, he's, he's a huge guy. He's like muscular and tall. He's got a good personality. He's charismatic. And so just for a, a side example from movies, just going back to the whole wrestling thing, occasionally he'll still show up in the WWE. He'll have a match here and there, you know, WrestleMania or somewhere. He'll show up and be a, just a guest on you know, one Monday night. And it's almost ridiculous how much better he is than anyone else in that locker room and how just him interacting with them just shows you how bad the product that they make right now is. And it's interesting. All right, so let's go on down and talk some more about The Mummy, the Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. So I said I, I watched this. I don't remember a lot about it. I really don't. I, I remember some moments, some images are in my head, but I really want to re rewatch this one. This came out August 1st, 2008. It's been basically nine years ago. Had an opening weekend of $40.5 million. Overall, worldwide, made $400 million. Not too bad, but that was you know the end of this franchise for most of a decade. One thing that I find interesting here, nine years later, Alfred Goh and Miles Millar 
the writers of this film were the ones from Smallville. And so I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. And I guess this was around the time they left Smallville, probably to pursue other things around season seven or so. By the way, when they left, Smallville got better. <laughs> but anyway, and so, yeah, I want to give this another chance. See what's going on here. I kind of am curious what other things Steven Somers ever did, apart from the Mummy movies, because he was involved with these four. I'm curious what other things were out there that he might have done that I might have missed that I might enjoy. I don't know. Kind of like Brett Radner. I love the Rush Hour movies. I'd like to see another Rush Hour movie. And I've seen some of Brett Ratner's other work, but I haven't seen all of his other work. And so I'm curious to see if Steven Somers has anything out there that I miss that I might enjoy. Maybe next week, depending on what we do, hopefully I will check out several, if not all four, of these Mummy movies on my Ultimate Mummy Blu-ray that I picked up from Amazon for a really, really good price. It was like 20 bucks for all four movies, which I thought was fantastic. And it come with digital copies, which I enjoy having those on Vudu or iTunes, or both, by the way. Depending on when you're listening to this, tonight, tomorrow, or maybe a long time ago, The New Mummy comes out with Tom Cruise, and I'm interested in it. I don't think we'll be going to the theater to see it. My wife isn't a big horror fan. This looks a little more horror movie than this last mummy series just from the stuff in the trailer with like kind of the zombie mummy things you know swimming in the water and the the creepy lady mummy in the water and different things it just it looks a little more scary than the brendan fraser movies and so i don't think my wife would want to see this so i don't think that i'll be out to the theaters to watch this one and so you know end of this year whenever it's on a digital platform or Blu-ray or DVD or something, I'll probably check it out. And I'll probably, I think I'll like it. I generally like the Tom Cruise action type movies, so should be pretty good, hopefully. Definitely from the trailers, it looks kind of like Mission Impossible 6 with some supernatural <laughs> elements. I don't know. I'm curious why they show you Tom Cruise being brought back from the dead in the trailer. That has to mean something there. I don't know what that means, but it has to mean something. And so I'm curious just about that little tidbit. It's odd. And so hopefully that it'll be a good movie. I don't know. If you want to hear more mummy stories, there are mummy novels out there, mummy stories that you can get on audible.com. For example, there's a dramatized The Mummy by Bram Stoker. Anne Rice has a novel called The Mummy. Uh, it is an abridged audiobook from, but those are some options. If you're uh, part of Audible, you can get those as part of your subscription. You use a credit form. If you're not already a part of Audible, you can sign up now, get a free trial, and get two free audiobooks. And the easy way to do that to get two free audiobooks instead of just one is to go over to audible.randomcitypodcast.com or you can just go over to jimmyandgeorgia.com. There's some links there, but if you go to audible.randomcitypodcast.com, that will take you directly to the place where you need to go to get two free audiobooks through Amazon from Audible. And so find out more about The Mummy. There are definitely some options out there for you. And just uh, a little tidbit here. A story by Anne Rice is narrated by Michael York. Basil Exposition from Austin Powers. I <laughs> just thought that was interesting. Before we close out the show here, I do want to mention one thing. Over on Twitter... And we are at Random City there if you would like to follow us. We had a message from Star Wars Something. If you're not familiar, Star Wars Something is a podcast by Daniel and Indy. And you may have heard him on The Big Honking Show or The Geek Out Loud with Steve Lawson, something like that. Anyway, he has a show. It's about Star Wars and sometimes other things. And he responded to the last episode saying 
You're pretty spot on about The Man of Steel length of time, especially. I always felt it was a good movie, but not a Superman one. Thanks, Daniel, for that message. And, and also, I would like to say thanks for the shout-out. I guess a couple weeks ago, he mentioned our show on his show, Star Wars Something. So if you're on uh, your podcast app, uh, I know he's in the iTunes store. I'm not sure about Stitcher and Google Play and all those things. So you can definitely check out Star Wars Something on Twitter or in iTunes. Okay, well, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Random City Podcast. If you'd like to interact with us between shows, you can find us on social media. You can go over to at Random City on Twitter, at Random City Podcast on Instagram. You can find the Facebook page, the Google Plus page. You can also email us at randomcitypodcast at gmail.com. You can go over to randomcitypodcast.com and see some articles and some posts, and there's always links to things related to the show that we've talked about. And then you can also call into the show. Or send us a text message if you'd like, 773-71-RANDOM. And if you have any thoughts about The Mummy, about Wonder Woman, about Ghostbusters, any of those things, feel free. Send us some messages, send us a voicemail, whatever you'd like to do. We'd appreciate it. And if you want to, you can go over to Stitcher, iTunes, on those places, and leave us a review. Say, hey, check out the show, whatever. That'd be fantastic. Okay, well, that'll wrap up this episode. We hope to hear from you in between shows. And until next time, I'm Jimmy Georgia. Peace.